praise the Lord. I can't believe we're in November already, can you? I can't believe we had to change our clocks last night. May I word? Somebody put out on Facebook about time change. Um, you know, um, make sure you, you change your clocks tonight because you might end up coming to Sunday school tomorrow without knowing it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And I thought, that's a good thing. Come, let them come to Sunday school. And uh, another pastor put out about time change. He said, um, you know about time change, he says you can handle it two different ways. You can tell everybody, remind everybody that it's time to change their clocks or just keep quiet and don't say anything. And then um, on Sunday morning, you'll have all these people come early and you'll have all these new volunteers for things you need people to do that you've been wanting volunteers for because they'll all be there early and then you'd have them. So he says, do what you want with it. No, we made sure we got the word out about time change and um, praise the Lord. Well, this morning I want to preach to you about use what you have. Use what you have. It's kind of hard to use what you don't have, right? So um, a lot easier if you try to do, use what you have. I was afraid I might do this and we'd hear crash. So um, use what you have. And that's an important thing to understand. And we need to use it. Um, we're going to be in Matthew 25, 14 through, 13, 14 through 30 this day, today. And when we do get to verse 30, we'll be done. Okay? Um, but uh, so hang with me. Follow along. If you've got your Bibles, that's a good thing because you can mark in your Bibles. If you're taking notes, that's a good thing. Um, otherwise, I'll have it up on the screen so you can follow along if you forgot your Bible. And uh, I want to get us into our Bibles more and more. But let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this message today. And I thank you, Lord, for all that are hearing this message here in the building, Lord, and at home or in their cars as they're listening to the podcast today. We ask you, Lord, that you would touch our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And Lord, show us that um, we have abilities um, from you that should be used. And Lord, um, you only ask us to do what we can handle, Lord. There are times, Lord, that um, you're stretching us, but Lord, you know we can handle it, Lord. Um, help us to use our talents for you, Lord Jesus. And Lord, help us to reach out to those who don't know you, Lord Jesus. Oh, there's so many, Lord, who are hurting today because they don't know you. And Lord... They would find such peace if they would come to know you as their Lord and Savior. Lord, challenge us today to use everything we have and to be obedient to you. And I thank you, Lord, for your anointing that's in this place. And I thank you, Lord, you're going to set such an anointing in this place, Lord, that it will not just be during the preaching or teaching time, Lord, but your anointing will flow in our worship time, Lord. And Lord, you will truly set our spirits free to praise your holy name, that you truly set our spirits free to worship you, Lord, to see some of our folks again dance before you, Lord. Lord, to get us to see us, Lord, raising our hands and shouting praise, Lord, Lord, to you because Lord you have set us free because Lord you did that at the cross for us when you died for us and Lord 
We should be more excited about worshiping you and praising you than cheering on the Vikings, cheering on the Twins, cheering on the Timberwolves, cheering on the wild, Lord. We should get more excited about you, Jesus, because, Lord, you died for us so we could have heaven as our home. And, Lord Jesus, that we can have peace in our hearts and that hope that you give us of life everlasting. We praise you in Jesus' name and all God's children said, Amen. Amen and amen. Well, let's get into the word here. I want to tell you before I even read the word, the Lord knows our ability. The Lord knows our ability. If the Lord is asking you to do something or wants you to get out of your comfort zone, He knows you can handle it. He knows what we can handle. Let me tell did you get that? He knows our ability, our strengths, what we can handle. And sometimes he wants to stretch us. Oh my word. Sometimes he wants to go ahead and say, I want to use you in a completely different way than I've ever used you before. And don't tell me I'm too young. Oh my word. May I word to have the strength of youth again. Oh, how wonderful that would be. Don't tell me that you're too old. Ask Moses about how old he was when God called him to go get his people out of Egypt and how old he was when he took them home to heaven. Come on. Um, just for you that don't know it, he was 80 years old when his ministry began. How, don't, don't tell me you're too old to serve the Lord or to be used by God. Well, I'm not, uh, some people would think I'm not as smart as others. Oh my word, tell them, stop listening to those lies. The smartest people in the world are those who've asked Jesus into their hearts. I'll tell you what, you, you've got to be pretty foolish not to ask Jesus into your heart and end up in hell. Do you know God doesn't send anybody to hell? It's the truth. People send themselves there by rejecting Jesus Christ. How do I know that? Because God desires not to send anybody to hell. He prepared hell for the devil and his angels, not for people, but people who reject Jesus Christ end up going there because they turn away from the one thing that can save them. And they reject it. Don't be that person. Be wise. Let's get into the word here. Matthew 25, verse 14 and 15 says, for the, kingdom of, uh, for the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. You know, this, this verse right here represents Christ at his first advent. We think the Advent is just that time period before um, baby Jesus coming. No, this is his, the whole life of Christ. This is representing Jesus Christ when he came the first time. And he's getting ready to take off on his journey. Because Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like. And so Jesus is getting ready to leave. He's heading out of here. And so this, this represents Jesus and he 
And unto one... Oh, yeah. So the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one. And listen to this. To every man according to his several ability, and straightway, meaning immediately, took his journey. Every single believer, none excluded, are given a proper ministry. We have all been called to do something for the Lord. And every single one of us have been called to share the good news of Jesus Christ with somebody else. To at least tell them that God loves them. To at least tell them that Jesus made a way. To at least tell them your story about how Jesus came into your heart, how he gave you his peace, and how he gave him, you his deliverance. Jesus has delivered us his goods. His goods. And let me ask you a question. How are you using them? How are you using what the Lord has given to you? Jesus is coming back again. And we will have to, we will give an account in how we have used the gifts and talents we have been given. Yes, we have God's grace. Yes, we have his mercy. Yes, we have his forgiveness. But he's going to ask us, how did we use what we've been given? Why do you think the Bible talks about that he's going to pile up all the good, the bad, and the ugly we've done? And he's going to, and, and he's going to set it on fire and only the good stuff can go in that doesn't burn up. Why do you think that when he gives out rewards, he talks about those different jewels in our crown? Are we going to have jewels in our crown? Or are we just going to have a plain old crown? What are we doing with the gifts and the talents that God has given to us? And in this story, it's going to play out that it's important that we use them. And everyone here has been given some ministry, and Jesus knows what we can handle. You might have a prayer ministry. You might have a works ministry where you do good works. You know, you, you, you clean the church. You, you uh, uh, make sure that there's toilet paper in the bathrooms. Uh, I'll tell you what. You really appreciate that person who has the ministry of works, you know, who went in there and made sure there was a toilet paper roll in that, that bathroom when you're in there. Because you know what? The worst thing that can happen is you're in church, you go to use the bathroom, there's no toilet paper in any of the stalls, there's no toilet paper under the sink, and you got to yell to somebody, Help! I need toilet paper! And you're just feeling so embarrassed. Ah. So you think, you're thankful for those people who make sure that there's a roll on the toilet paper roll and there's one behind you just in case. I'm grateful. I, look how beautiful these carpets turned out. After church, we're going to move these chairs out of the way and the puppet theater out of the way, and she's going to get here all the way to the door. Isn't that going to be pretty? Did you remember that these carpets was this? They weren't. It wasn't gray. It was this color. 
You know that's a gift for the, from the Lord to be able to use that? What's God calling you to do? What, is, what task has God given you? Why did God put you in the apartment building you are in? Why did he plant you in the neighborhood he has put you in? Why are we in this community that we are in, except that we're supposed to use our gifts and talents to reach it? We're not a club. Us, us few and no more. We should want to see everybody in Wapiton and Breckenridge know our Jesus, regardless if they come to this church or not. Brother Walker founded our church 91 years ago. Organized our church 91 years ago. His son, Dr. Paul Walker, I would love to get his son um, to come and preach for us one day, but he's so in demand. But Dr. Paul Walker, he built the largest church in America. It was the largest church in America at one time until he became general overseer and left, and then they split the church into three churches. That's how big it was. They split it in three churches. In the time he had there, he had started over 38 churches in the Atlanta and Georgia, in Atlanta, Georgia, and in the state of Georgia alone. And not all of them were Church of God. Those who didn't want to be part of the Church of God, he says, that's okay, we'll help get you started. Those who wanted to be, we're going to have a good church of God there. 38 churches out of that one huge church. 10,000 members. Now, if you've got 10,000 members, now you've got more people than that. Because you know that. And so he had three locations. When they only had two locations, he, had, he used to fly by helicopter from one to the other. Get done preaching here, get in the helicopter, they fly. When they had to th open up the third location, he changed all that and hired more preachers and, and uh, became even better. That's why they split into three, because it was able. And uh, his son, Pastor Central. But what are we doing with the gifts that we have? And Jesus knows what we can handle. Let's look at what they did with the talents they were given. Matthew 25, 16 through 18 says, Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with the same and made them other five talents. The talents were awarded according to faithfulness. Think about that. The talents that these guys were given were given according to their faithfulness. So the Lord knew that the guy who gave five was going to be really faithful with what he was given. Are we faithful with what we've been given? Do you know, I've told you so many times, the miracles that God has done for us here is because of faithfulness. Not because we deserve it. All our gifts that we have is because of God's grace and mercy. All because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. Not because of what we deserved, but because we are faithful to him who has called us. Think about it. We got our building reset. How beautiful our building looks. Everybody keeps telling me how beautiful. I love the looks of the church down there now. Our neighbor ladies over here said, we can't tell people we live behind the big blue church anymore. We're going to have to tell them it's the big, beautiful white church. I mean, we don't have those ugly vents up there anymore on the outside, on the back and the front. I mean, when they did the siding, they did it so beautiful. I love, that's one of my favorite parts of the whole building 
is what they did to cover those vents. And so the vents are still work, but it's just gorgeous the way they did it. And the new lighting and all the things. And then, then the Lord blessed us with the new um, parking lot surface there. And I was, I was on vacation when that happened. Didn't know. I had been praying, Lord, the next thing we got to do is take care of the parking lot. It's not completely finished. I like to get it sealed. But while I was on vacation, I get a phone call. It's timey. What does she want? Must be an emergency. I better answer it because she wouldn't call me while I'm on vacation unless it was an emergency. Pastor, I got this guy asking me all these questions. Can you just talk to him? And he gets on the phone with me. I don't know what to do with all this way here. Can we put it on your, on your parking lot? I said, are you going to charge us anything? No, we got to get rid of it. We don't have a place to go with it. I said, <clears throat> What are you going to do? I'm going to get it on there and spread it all out nicely. Oh, cool. All right. You can do that. I'll help you out with that. I don't mind. And he spread it out. And when I got home from vacation, I came past here to see how it was. Not only did they spread it out, but they had the rollers. You know, we used to call them steam rollers in the old day because that's how they used to run. Now they're just diesel and nobody wants to call them a diesel roller, so they're just rollers. And he was rolling it out as well to pack it into the, the dirt below it. Oh, what a blessing. That was all done because of God, because we were faithful to him. And now we got that furnace in, and we don't have to be throwing money, good money after electrics, electric bills. We can actually use it for ministry. And we can go, ah, praise you, Jesus. But it's out of faithfulness, folks, that God does things. Verse 17, And likewise he who had two talents, had received two, he also gained another two. He, too, was faithful with what he had. But he who had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. Um, unfortunately, the third guy, he wasn't very faithful, was he? Mm. Mm. Jesus is trying to tell us we better use what we've been given. And let me tell you something, when we use what God has given us, they tend to multiply. So why on earth would we bury them? <laughs> we, we talk about faithfulness all the time at my house. <laughs> and sometimes we, we ask the Lord, why, why can't you just answer us this way? But the Lord knows exactly what he's doing, how he's answering. You know, sometimes our, he returns what we've used and he multiplies what we've used in different ways. We have better health. Our cars don't break down. Our tires don't wear out. We don't have a major repair on the house. He keeps us from having to go to the doctor and spending a lot of money on the doctor. Other times, yeah, he, he rewards with more finances. But you know what he does? He multiplies it to those that he knows can handle it. 
There's a verse in the Bible that says, I have found you faithful in few things. Now I'm going to give you more to do. If you can't be faithful in the little things, how can he trust you to be faithful in the big things? You see, the guy who got the five talents is because he was faithful in the bigger things. The guy who got the two talents, he knew that was faithful with the smaller things. But the guy who got the one talent, he knew he was going to squander it. How about you? How are you using the talents you've gotten? You know, uh, let's go to the next slide. This parable is an example that capitalism is scriptural. It is. Um, I, I watched somebody the other few months ago actually proved that the reason why we have a capitalism system in our country is because it's based on the Word of God and because it's based on the Word of God because our nation was one time a very Christian nation. We put God's principles into practice. Let me explain something to you. If you don't take what God has given to you and invest it in the kingdom work, you are not going to get a return on what you have. This is not just talking about the gifts and talents that you have. The talents here is actual money. If you're not using the money that God has given you correctly, he is not going to bless you with multiplication of that money. He's not going to go ahead and say, well done, good and faithful servant. We tithe because we've been old. We have been told to by God. It's a command. What are we doing with the talents that God has given? You get to keep 90%. You're just giving him 20%. My Lord. I think that's a pretty good deal. We give God 10%. We get to keep the 90%. And you know what? If God wanted us to give 90%, I'd give the 90% because he told me to. But he only asked for 10. And if you really study the scriptures, you'll find out that Jesus tithes as well. I know that this doesn't sink in too well sometimes. I, I, can t- I, can, I can tell you so plain and simple, this is how it works. But this goes beyond just using our money. This is talking about our spiritual gifts and the, and the talents that God has given to us at birth. Are we using them for the Lord or are we hiding it under a bushel? Wow. You know... This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, but if we hide it under a bushel, it's going to go out and we won't have that gift or talent anymore. Come on. Matthew 25, 19 talks about the return, the return of the Lord. After a long time, the Lord of the servants cometh and reckoneth with them. The service for the Lord ends at death. However, the reckoning is reserved for the rapture. Did, Did you notice that Jesus is coming to reckon with us? This is talking about Jesus himself. If he's talking about Jesus himself returning, 
Jesus is telling the story, the kingdom of heaven's like, and this is the this is the the, the Lord. They're just following one another. They're playing follow the leader. Can't help but think it's cute. Come on. For those who can't see, the baby was following my son. Um, and now he's coming towards me. Oh, he's coming towards the cord. What is this? Oh, no, you don't want that nasty old thing in your mouth, baby. That is so old, you don't want that in your mouth. You know, yeah, babies are just adorable. And God knew he needed to make us adorable at birth. He did. But did you notice that Jesus is coming again? Coming to reckon with us? Paul asks in Titus, how will he find us? How's he going to find you? How's he going to find you and how you use the blessings he has given you? How's he going to find you with the testimony he has given to you? How's he going to find you? Are you using them? Or are you like the unfaithful servant, hiding them under the house in a hole just to collect dust and dirt? That's not a good way to use what God has given, is it? To reckon with us. You know what reckon means? going to ask you, all right, what'd you do? How'd you use it? What were you up to? Of course, he knows all that. The guy who had five, I got five for you, five more for you, Lord. The guy who two, I gained three more, Lord, two more, Lord. The guy with one, I did nothing. How do you want to answer the Lord? Do you want to say to him, I did this for you? You know what? The Lord don't care if you lose it all if you're doing something for him. That's what this story is always all about. And you'll see that. He don't care. If you're doing it all for him and you're doing for him and you lose it all, he's okay with it because guess what? He'll find you faithful and he'll give you more so that you can go out and try again. Because I'll tell you something. We learn by failure. We, because we learn what not to do. Oh my word, Saul, Solomon's a classic guy who learned how not to do it. Just read Ecclesiastes. Saul says, I mean Solomon. Solomon says, oh, I tried everything under the sun. <clears throat> I tried having all this money. That, that was just vanity. I tried drinking. I thought that would bring me close. Nope, nope, that was just vanity. Oh, and I tried women. Boy, did Solomon try women. And oh, that didn't do any good. That was just vanity. Vanity, vanity, all is vanity. And he came back to the place where it all comes back to the Lord. And Lord, forgive me for squandering what you gave me. So if God tends to multiply what we use, why on the earth would we bury them? Hmm. 
It's time we invest in the kingdom. Let's look at what good and faithful servants do. And let's look at their reward. Verse 20 through 23. And he who had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, you delivered unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. Now, what we're hearing, what Jesus is talking about now, this will take place at the judgment seat of Christ. And this is the judgment of the saints, not the judgment seat of the separating the goats from the um, sheep. This is when we just go and tell the Lord, this is what we've done for you. Verse 21, His Lord said to him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. As is obvious, it is faithfulness here that is being rewarded contrary to the popular thought. God hasn't called us to be successful, but rather to be faithful. So many people think, oh, we're just successful for God. No, we just need to be faithful to God. And he who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. Here's more faithfulness. And the Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of your Lord. If it is to be noticed, both received equal rewards as stated. It is faithfulness, not the other thing. Did you see that? Again. Come on. Both of them. Didn't matter the guy who returned five or the guy who returned two more. They both received the same award. Now, today's culture would say, that's not fair. I went ahead, took the five I was given and made five more. And the other one was, and, and the guy who only earned two more, he gets the same reward as me. My word, do we have anything to complain about? <laughs> uh, was it us who went to the cross? No. no. If the Lord wants us to re reward us the same thing for faithfulness, let him reward us the same thing for faithfulness. Hey, I want to hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. So it doesn't matter how big my church is, as how as I faithful with what I've been given. Because I'll tell you what, there's some people who have very large churches today that are not very faithful to this book. They're not very faithful to the Word of God, and they go ahead and tell people fairy tales from the pulpit. I'm telling you, they preach psychology instead of preaching the Word of God. And what are they, they don't preach about Jesus. They go ahead and tell them it doesn't matter what you do. You're, he's going to forgive you no matter what because God's grace is that good. He, they don't tell them that there's a consequence and you better get Jesus into your heart.
Be careful, it's not laying flat anymore. That's okay, we'll get it fixed. Both servants doubled what was given to them. So they were able to give back a double portion. Uh-oh, now I'm going to meddle. We've heard so many things about, oh, I want a double portion from the Lord. No, you're supposed to go out and be faithful so that the double portion comes. <laughs> you know, so many people in the church think that they don't have to do anything to receive. But the Lord says, no, you go out and use what you have and be faithful for what you have, and then you'll receive the double portion. Come on. Jesus says those words we all long to hear here. Well done, good and faithful servant. Oh, I can't wait to hear those words. I can just picture us when we walk into heaven. The Lord comes up and wraps his arms around us and says, well done, my good. Giving us the biggest bear hug we could ever receive from the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, well done, my good and faithful servant. Aren't those the words we all long to hear? And they received a reward according to what they had accomplished. And, the, and again, I'm going to stress, it was the same reward. But you know, fear keeps you paralyzed from doing. Let's see how fear keeps you paralyzed from, what, from doing. Verse 24. See, we're almost there. Then he which received the one talent came and said to the Lord, I know you, you, I know you and that you are a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not planted. <clears throat> Pure and simple. Pure and simple. This guy's statement constitutes a lie. He's lying to his Lord. No, we know that Jesus sows where he wants to sow and he reaps where he wants to reap. We know that's true. But the man is trying to get out of doing nothing. And I was afraid. <laughs> you see, because of fear, this servant hid what was given. And all he could give back was a dirty bag of gold. What a shame if he only had tried and been faithful and used it. I was afraid and when he hit your talent in the earth, lo, there you have that which is yours. The purpose of the talent was not preservation, but rather multiplication. His action proclaims not only indulgence, but as well as insolence. Untold numbers who claim to be Christians fall into this category. What a shame. What a shame. 
And then the Lord says to him, verse 28, Take for, therefore, take therefore the talent from him and give it unto him which has ten talents. This is also the law of faithfulness. Light rejected is light taken and given to the one who already has an abundance of light. <clears throat> Verse 27, I'm sorry I jumped ahead. Verse 26, the Lord said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, Thou knewest that I reap where I sow not, and gather where I have not strawed. See, that's the truth. But he was using the truth and making it into an excuse. Thou oughtest therefore have put the money to the exchangers. Another way of saying it, put it into the bank. And then at my coming I should have received my own with interest with usury. Take therefore the talent from him and give it unto him which has ten talents. I was so excited I had to jump ahead. <laughs> I don't like talking about the unfaithfulness. All he could give the Lord was <coughs> a dirty bag of gold, but the Lord said you could have at least invested it. In the bank. You know, investing in the bank is what you do when you give. This is God's storehouse. This is God's storehouse, so you're investing what you have. On the day of Pentecost, they brought 10% of their crop to the storehouse. To take care of the work of God. Did you know what was going on on the day of Pentecost? Are we using what we have? Or are we uh, just going to give to the Lord on the day of reckoning, at the day of a rapture? Are we just going to give him a dirty bag? Or are we going to say, Lord, I was faithful what you had, and I tried as hard as I could. And the Lord will say, at least you invested in the kingdom work by giving to the church. Because of fear, this servant lost his reward. He didn't hear those wonderful words, well done, my good and faithful servant. God expects us to do something with the gifts we have. Jesus goes on in verse 20. You see, all these verses come after talking about the second coming of Christ. Matthew 25 goes with Matthew 24. And for those who watch a lot of Christian TV, certain Christian TV shows, you hear a lot about Matthew 24 these days. But they never go on to Matthew 25 and verse and Matthew 26. Because he goes into telling us applicable stories, parables, to help us understand what he just talked about. Remember, Matthew 24 is just the index 
the, concord, the, um, the index for Revelations to help you understand what's going on in Revelations and Daniel and Ezekiel. And now he goes and makes it more plain and simple. We got to, as Christians, faith, he's trying to explain to us faith without works is what? Dead. We do good works because of our faith in Jesus Christ and what he did for us. So God expects us to do something with the gifts we have. Verse 29. <clears throat> for under everyone who has shall be given. And he shall have abundance, but from him who has not shall be taken away even that which he has. In fact, this happens a number of times every single day. Obvious religious denominations which have rejected the light. Come on. They rejected Jesus. They're not following Jesus. They're following religious things instead of biblical things. And then he says something very sad here. And cast ye the unprofitable servant into utter darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Hmm. How sad. Not everyone's going to go in the rapture. He says he's coming back for a bride that is spotless. And the only way to be spotless is to be washed by the blood of the Lamb. Hmm. Right? <laughs> but not everybody's going to go in the rapture when the rapture happens. There's going to be some folks who are not going to go. And they're going to go, what in the world happened? Why am I still here? And they're going to have to go through the tribulation. That doesn't mean they're not going to be sa get saved, you know, be saved by the end of the tribulation. That means they didn't use what they were that they had. They weren't being faithful. And when Jesus came back, he says, I'm coming back for a remnant. Are we going to be part of that remnant? Think about that. Because the weeping and the gnashing of teeth, well, that sounds like the tribulation, doesn't it? My word, how did I miss out? Why did I miss out? Why wasn't I use what I have? Why didn't I listen to the Lord? Why didn't I really give my heart to the Lord? Well, how come Aunt Susie was right and Grandma was right when they told me I needed to get saved and I didn't do it? <clears throat> but as long as we have breath, we still have time to get saved and give our hearts to Jesus Christ. Not only did the unfaithful servant lose his reward, he also lost his place in the master's house. What weeping, knowing what was lost. That does not have to be us. Let us use what we have been given so we will hear those wonderful words, well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter. Enter you into the joy of the Lord. Oh, my friends, what are you going to do? It's not too late to start. It really isn't. It's not too late to, to say, Lord, I'm going to do for you 
You might not know how to do for him right now. That's okay. Just be willing. And he'll show you what he wants you to do. Just be willing to say, Lord, I am willing. I am willing. Here I am. Use me. Use me. It's not too late. Stop hiding what God has given to you. Start using it. Be faithful with what you have. And if you lose it all, so what? You learn from that. Because the Lord's right there to pick you up. We said, we said during Sunday school, let, let go and let God. My word, how many times this little one here was playing with Bodhi. This little one's just crawling right now. Crawl, 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 crawl. I'm going to catch you, Bodie. Crawling. As soon as she came over, she went to pick him up. He's standing on his two feet. How many times he's going to fall over before he starts walking? <laughs> oh, my word. I remember Bodie when he was trying to take his first steps. He'd take a couple of steps and all of a sudden sit down on his butt. <laughs> he wasn't going to fall over on his face. He was going to sit down on his butt. And he would do that. And he'd try again. And he started toddling around. We needed to make sure we had all those gates closed. He just wanted to get faster so he could catch the cats that we used to have. <laughs> now he, would, he chases the dog. <laughs> or the dog chases him. But you see, as soon as this little one would fall over, there's somebody there to pick him back up. Say, that's okay. Try a little bit more. We hold on to their hands. And next thing you know, they're walking until they get old. And then some of us need a little help. <laughs> and we, we want somebody to hold on to us but let me tell you something every time we fall down the Lord is there to pick us up and so when we take what we have that we've been blessed by God with and we fall down in the mud or we fall over he's there to pick us up and he's there to dust us off and he says there you go keep trying keep on being faithful and pretty soon we learn how to succeed do you think that time that I have a new Sunday school teacher I expect them to be perfect oh yeah I expect them to be perfect know all the Bible forward and backwards and know how to to go ahead and, 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 and know the Greek and the Hebrew and, and be able to go ahead and, and, and read it in the original like no pastor I feel like God's called me to teach I want can I teach Sunday school yes you know what? I know they're going to make mistakes. My word. They might forget their book at home. What? It's time for me to teach. Well, here's next quarter's book. Here, use this book and then bring